Hey everyone, welcome to the Partnering with Parents podcast. I'm Kyle. Thank you so much for joining us. On this episode, I sit down with Lance Lawson, the campus pastor for Church on Wednesday, but he's also the director of Family Ministries. Today, we'll talk about what family ministry looks like at Clear Creek Community Church, and we'll also have a conversation about God's value for family and how that should impact the way we disciple our kids. Let's give it a listen. Well, Lance, thanks for hopping on the podcast with me. Glad to be here, Kyle. Uh, I'm excited about this uh, podcast. Dude, I'm excited too. And so, uh, but for it is, a, it is a family podcast, so why don't we start with this as the first question. Yep. Just share with us a little bit about your family dynamics. What does that look like? Uh, yeah, Donya and I have been married for 19 years. We have three kids, um, 14, 11, and 9. Uh, two boys, one girl, right? Two boys, yep. one girl, yep. Uh, so... That's it. We were about to send one to high school. That realization oh is, uh, you know, becoming. I guess it's becoming very real. Mm-hmm. The clock is ticking. Time's running out with with our oldest, and so. So you have kids in student ministry, kids yep. in children's ministry, all That's that right. stuff. That's awesome. So you see a lot. So your opinion is going to be super important for all of us to hear. Uh, not just because of that, but also your role at Clear Creek Community Church. You're the Family Ministries Director, and so tell me a little bit about what Family Ministries looks like at Clear Creek Community Church. Yeah, I mean, we've hinted at this uh, at in other podcasts. In fact, the last one you were on, I think, mm-hmm. when we talk about family ministry, what we mean are our Creek kids and children's areas, student ministry. So all the ways that you guys are partnering with families to minister to, to students and children while they're here, but then partner with families. Uh, but then even like the, the bigger umbrella of family ministry, mm-hmm. we just try to think about how we take what God wants to do in each of us and push that into the most intimate and personal parts of our lives. And so uh, it should affect our closest relationships, our families. And mm. sometimes brokenness shows up in family too. And so uh, we have things like uh, classes. So we have reengage for marriage. We have uh, blended family class. We have divorce care. We have family workshops for parents who uh, are interested in bringing their kids along for questions of salvation and baptism. And then over the years, we've done events. So men's and women's conferences, marriage conferences, mm-hmm. parenting forums, things like that. So it sounds like family ministry is pretty nimble. Like you've got to be ready to move and adjust just because based on what you see the needs of the people are, it's like you meet yeah. people where they're at right. in the midst of that. Well, that's really cool, man. That's really cool. You know, and something that I've always known about you and admired about you, Lance, is in the years that I've gotten to know you, which I think is five something years, a little yep. over five years, um, you've always been a person that I've seen have a high value for family. And through any of the roles that you've had at Clear Creek, um, in the in the way that you talk in the office, in the way that you act. So help me understand, where is that value stemmed for you? How's that developed over the years? How's that become true of you? What does that look like in your family? Uh, yeah, it, it definitely started as uh, just the way I was brought up. I, I come from a, a family that I'm so fortunate, I feel fortunate to have been a part of. Mm. But then even from a young age, uh, I had good people in my life from other families that showed me all kinds of family dynamics. And so I feel like I've had just this really great community uh, that I've grown up with. And um, so that's probably where it started. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I've been around church forever. And uh, I think we're, we're going to talk about how God values family. And so that's always been a part of just what I've learned from church. But, mm-hmm. you know, something that uh, was pivotal for me came probably about 10 years ago. I was at a, a lecture. Um, Steven Kleinberg, who is a sociologist at Rice and has studied Houston for decades. He's actually recently retired. Um, he, 
he was giving this lecture and it wasn't about family. It was uh, really about poverty, actually. Hmm. And he said something that that I've since just thought a lot about. And he said, you know, if you want to if if you want to end poverty, how do you treat that? What do you do? And there are all kinds of ideas about that. But he said preschool, and I I kind of laughed when I heard him say that because I thought it was a joke. But over the years, the more I've thought about that, and the more I've read, and the more you know, you look at all the studies about how important preschool is. It's because those early years are so formative for children mm-hmm. uh, that preschool can make a difference because. Uh, most of the kids who, or many of the kids who don't get to take advantage of preschool programs come from lower income homes where parents are having to work, or maybe it's a single parent, and those children don't get the emphasis that sometimes other children have. Mm -hmm. And so preschool is a way to influence children in their formative years that can change the trajectory of their life. And uh, as I've thought about that and spent a lot of time reading and researching and studying, I've come to realize that the importance of family, and it starts from day one mm-hmm. when a child comes home. Yeah. Uh, the amount of uh, time and energy that is invested into that child can shape their future. Yeah, that's so true. And I, I think I've seen some of that as, you know, before you were the Wednesday night campus pastor, before you were even in the family ministry was a thing at Clear Creek, I got to watch you lead out in junior high ministry here at the Eager Bay campus. And it was always true that I saw that you didn't just think of yourself as a resource to these students or these leaders that you lead, but also uh, to the parents that you served. You always had great resources and uh, had that vision. I think that's probably part of the reason why you've stepped into the role that you're now doing with family ministries at Clear Creek because it's important and yeah, it's necessary. It's important. And I don't think any of us know how to do this well on our own. I know mm-hmm. none of us do. And so there are a ton of great resources out there. I've tried to uh, be aware of them and collect them and, and share them. But um, also I think Clear Creek Community Church is a great resource mm-hmm. for families in our community. And so I want to uh, help continue to make that happen. That's awesome. So one of the things that you said, even in your answer about how this has developed for you, it's like there's this emphasis about God's value or value for family being God's value for family. And that's the one that we want to have, um, that it's not culture's idea. Although, you know, you look around and there, culture does have a value for family, but specifically for us as followers of Jesus, it's not like that value of family needs to come from what we see God say about family. So help me understand that a little bit. What is the family? What is family according to God, according to the Bible? And how has God communicated that to his people over the years? Yeah. So it starts on the very first pages of scripture. You know, you have the creation narrative where where God is bringing order out of chaos and he he chooses these two humans out of all of creation to be his representatives to creation. He gives them his image and it's easy to read over and miss what he does. He he has this like DTR conversation to define the relationship. Hmm. Like he he <laughs> explains to them like he brings man and woman together and say like uh, the two shall become one. And um, it's he says for this reason the scriptures say in Genesis 2 for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and and uh, be united with his wife, and they become one flesh. And this value for marriage is on the very first pages, this, this uniting of humans in this way, a man and a woman. And so God has defined that from the very beginning. Hmm. We also see how sin affects that. Like you turn the page, and now sin is, is part of the story and definitely affects marriage and family and all that. But really, throughout the narrative of Scripture, God again and again works in and through families. But 
to, to take what he says in Genesis 2, uh, the Apostle Paul grabs onto that in Ephesians 5 when he's talking about marriage and how marriage needs to be this mutually sacrificial relationship where a husband and wife, they're not after their own gain, but ideally laying themselves down for one another. Hmm. And uh, Paul writes, he, he actually quotes Genesis 2 uh, saying that, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and uh, hold fast to his wife. And he says, this mystery is profound in that it, it uh, refers to Christ and the church. Mm. And it, man, I've spent a lot of time thinking and dwelling and trying to understand what that means. And I agree, it's a mystery. Somehow, God has given us this picture of family and these intimate human relationships that are supposed to point us to the love that we can know in Christ and the way he wants uh, his people to function in the world. And so, uh, you take all that and, and add to it the many references throughout Scripture of God is our Father, Jesus shows up as an infant in a family and, and has the human experience, those intimate relationships. I mean, there are all kinds of ways the Lord could have interacted with humanity, but He has chosen again and again to do so through family. Yeah, you don't even... We, that's really cool you brought that up because you don't, you don't even have verbiage to talk about God without having a basis for family. God has right. chosen to reveal himself through family language. He's our father. He's given us his son. Right. Um, and, and together, the, our family models him in that. When a husband and wife and their children, there's a three in oneness. We talk about God right. being Trinity. You see that in the way that God talks about family. Um, and so it is God's value for family that we wanna behold and kind of impress into our lives and see that kind of flourish out culture. But what what is also true, I think, I think as we look at culture, especially in Western culture, like no one would say that they don't value family. Right. right. No one would say like, man, family's not important. I mean, maybe some people would, but for the majority, people would be like, no, family matters. And so, um, but family's not culture's idea. And in fact, I think there's some distinctions that when we look at the cultural value for family, that it can often masquerade or be an, a substitute, a lesser version of what God actually has for us. So what's some of those distinctions that when you look at culture, you say people might think that they have God's value for family, but it's really masquerading for something less. Yeah, I think in, in our culture, specifically here in the Bay Area, uh, there's a temptation, I'm gonna speak as a parent for a moment. There's a temptation as a parent to find some of my worth and identity through what it is my kids are doing. Hmm. And some of that comes natural, but the temptation is to then spin that and say like, my kid's success is my success or uh, because they, they um, are involved in all of these things, I'm a good parent. And so I, I don't, there's a temptation to get wrapped up in all that. And hmm. sometimes I see that and I, if, if what I'm about to say is, is you and you're listening, I'm not, I'm not pointing a finger, but uh, like when you read someone's bio, whether it's on social media or uh, some other place, and the first thing they list is father or mother, and then it's husband or wife hmm. and follower of Jesus or whatever else. Like, I think that that's a natural, that naturally shows up because of the temptation to, to elevate what it means to be a parent and find some identity in, uh, through our kids in that hmm. way. So. Dude, I think you, I was looking at a, um, there was a survey that was done there. They surveyed Christians and asked them what's some of the, what, 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 if you were to put at your, the top of your value list, um, what, what would you put at the top? And it was like 55% of families or some, some number, like, I don't remember the exact number. It was 55% put family at the very tip top of the list. And it's, there's a danger in that while family is important, where God does value family, anything else that begins to supersede who he is, right. that 
then it becomes an issue because our hearts get all wrapped up into that, like you're saying. And God is supposed to be the one in which even our families point to. God's supposed to be the one that's at the tip top of that list because that orients us right. And we even begin to kind of abuse or misuse our family. Our family can become something or we put a weight on them that they were never meant to bear. So talk a little bit about that. When you talk about really what we're talking about is the idolatry of family, the elevating them above God. What are some of the dangers or things that you see? What happens when culture begins to lose that God's value for family. Yeah, I mean, if it. if you have put your kids in a place or your family in a place that they shouldn't be, when when brokenness shows up or when your kids don't succeed or they make mistakes, very public mistakes, uh, it can be more crushing hmm. than if they were in their proper place. And so um, that that's that's one example of you know your kids will make mistakes, your kids will let you down, but hmm. then also hopefully your kids leave. Yeah. Like, you know, you invest all these years. You did your job. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you do your job well, your kids should enter as productive members of society. And so they will leave and then what? Yeah. Right? And and so you can have this existential crisis where I've just devoted these decades to these children and now they're gone. And, and some of what can happen there is you find that maybe part of your worth was wrapped up in, in an unhealthy way. Mm in what was happening in those years. And the pressure that starts to put on marriages For and sure. homes and after that, yeah. yeah. And, and you become so wrapped up in what the kids are doing that the marriage is sacrificed. And man, we all know families where that's happened. And that's just not God's plan either. Mm. Uh, the, the marriage comes before the children. Mm. And that's again, not easy. I'm speaking of somebody, I've been married 19 years. I've been a parent for 14 years. It's uh, it is not, it's easier to say that than it is to live that out. I get it. Dude, let me pull on that a little yeah. bit. You probably, you, you, cause you, I think that's a good point that you've made that the relationship between you and your spouse, having three kids, it can be challenging. Yeah. Life is busy. But what, if I'm hearing you correctly, what you're saying is prioritizing that spouse relationship first and foremost, that it's the highest relation within the family order. It's the highest relationship there. How have you done that? Or what's, what's some ways that that's been true of your family? What's some of the challenges that you face and how yeah. do you, how do you prioritize that in the midst of busy school schedules, all the things that come with being a parent? Yeah. I mean, it's hard work. Uh, definitely. Especially those early years when your kids are young and you feel like mm. it's so hard to find a babysitter and you can't get out of the house. I've always joked and say those are the dark days <laughs> when your kids are little because they're like, they're awesome and they're supposed to be, but then also just challenging in a way you never expected. Yeah. And so uh, I think, I, I don't know that, that Donya and I did that. Well, let me not throw her under the bus. Yeah. I didn't do that well in some of those years uh, because it was so hard and I didn't realize that uh, that wasn't being prioritized in yeah. the right way. But you just have to fight for it. You have to say, we, and I say to our kids that, that our marriage is the most important thing here. Mm. It, um, the best thing that we can do for our kids is to have a great marriage, is did, to have a healthy marriage. Didn't you just recently go on a trip where you told your kids they weren't allowed <laughs> to come with you? I did, yeah, I mean, so uh, we have our 20th anniversary coming up and... Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, we took a big trip and left our kids and it was somewhere they wanted to go and they were mad at us and they're like, <laughs> we want to go too. And I'm like, no, we don't, we don't do, you know, more than week long trips without them yeah. ever. Yeah. But we did this time. Um, and it was not only was it so good, but I just told them, I'm like, you're not invited on this trip and that's okay. <laughs> in fact, you want us to go have this trip yeah. because you want us to be in love and to experience this intimacy that's going to last long after you guys leave our home, uh, so that. Our, our marriage endures. Yeah. And in doing so, you're communicating to your kids God's value for family. Because it starts with your spouse. That's Absolutely. Good. They see us argue. They see us fight. They see us not get along. They see the heart. We don't keep much from our kids. Uh, we're 
you know, we probably lean toward uh, maybe oversharing sometimes. You know, yeah. we, we just, we're very open with our kids. And one of the things that I've come to appreciate about the way we've, we've done that over the years is that uh, they, they do know the truth about us. Like, mm. And what that makes me do is um, confess and apologize in front of them. So there are times when I'm like, yeah, when I, when I spoke to you or I said that to your mom, like that was wrong of me. And they they know that, uh, but then I've got to I've got to own up to it. Yeah. But it models for them. Dad's not always right. Dad is flawed. Dad's a little messy too. But he's following Jesus, and part of following Jesus means to, uh, you know, we listen and obey. We we repent and believe. We do all the things that are kind of our language around here. But yeah. uh, I've got to model that in the home for sure. For sure. I want to go back to something we were talking about a second ago, kind of the idolatry of family. Um, When we put family as first and foremost, that it becomes the the means to an end, if you will. Um, One of the dangers I think comes with that, because you started talking about comparison. We've kind of alluded to it a couple times already as we've just been talking. Um, But one of the things that happens when we idolize family is it can hurt and harm families that look different than us. Because sure. while we look at the biblical means what God has communicated to us, uh, we, we know that we live in a broken world and um, brokenness affects families, you know, whether that be through death, sickness, illness, sin, um, divorce, all of those types of things affect our families. And because we live in a broken world, I know that there's probably people listening to this who um, would be saying, my family doesn't look like what the typical family would look like or what I might hope my family to look like or whatever, whether it's a um, single parent, uh, a blended family, they might be sitting here listening to this and asking the question, what does this look like for me? So speak to that. Yeah. uh, If if you can relate to any of what Kyle just said and you're listening, like... I'm glad that you're listening. Mm. I know that uh, when the church talks about family and you don't feel like your family is the the biblical definition or the picture-perfect example of what family is supposed to be in God's design, that uh, you can feel some shame or guilt around that, and uh, we never want you to feel that. Mm. Um, so hear this. Throughout the pages of Scripture, God has God has worked through broken families, and if you need an image of that, just read the book of Genesis. It's crazy. Like God shows up in Abraham's family, and then Abraham has a son, and he has a son, and uh, Isaac has a son, and that family is about as messy as any anything you'll read. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just so encouraged that that God doesn't shy away from that. He wants to pour out His grace into every family dynamic, and He wants to work in every family dynamic. And so. Uh, what we're trying to do through family ministry at Clear Creek Community Church is meet every person where they are, whatever their family looks like, uh, whether it's it meets, uh, meets some picture of our culture's idea or the Bible's idea of what family is supposed to be, or it doesn't through all the things you said. We're just trying to be people who are so affected by what Jesus is doing in our lives that we take it into whatever our family situation is. Mm. And so that's why I'm so thankful for uh, the people in our, our church who through their own experience are uh, meeting others where they are. So Brad and Amy Thompson lead divorce care. Mm. I'm so thankful for the way they do that because, uh, um, man, divorce happens. Divorce is happening yeah. uh, at the same rate it has for years. And people who are part of the church and part of God's kingdom experience divorce and the, um, the gospel should show up 
when you experience divorce, as, as hurtful as it can be, uh, there can be healing because yeah. of what Jesus has done. Uh, but then also I think of George and Carrie Sutherland who lead our blended family class uh, and through their experience and know what it's like to blend a family and all of the, the dynamics that go with holidays and shared custody and like just there's so many layers to that that mm. if you've never experienced it, you don't know. But again, when, when Jesus is at work in your life, it ought to show up in those places too. And it, it actually can. There's hope in the gospel in the midst of blended family and brokenness. Yeah. Man, that's beautiful. It's almost like the church is supposed to be a family to yeah. anybody and meet right. them where and they're at. That's what I, I, I yeah. so appreciate about the way the New Testament talks about uh, those of us who, you know, anyone who's not Jewish, but brought into the family of God, adopted by what Christ yeah. has done. It, it really is a good picture of we, we don't belong. As part of God's family, we're not holy, we're not righteous, we're none of the things that he's, He expects of us, but through grace we're adopted, yeah. which is family language. And it gives us a picture of, oh, the church is that. Mm. None of us belong. None yeah. of us are righteous. None of us are perfect. As uh, though social media or whatever else, we may try to have our lives look uh, good from the outside. We're we're all broken and we're all adopted in by grace. Yeah, which also means there's no per, there's no such thing as a per, picture perfect family. Exactly. Like we all are affected by sin, and therefore the gospel is good news to every family yep. because of what Jesus has done. Man, I love that. Okay, so let's turn practical a little okay. bit. What do we What do we do with this? How How should How do you Let's speak. Let's. I'm talking to you, so you can share a little bit about how do you communicate God's value to family to your family? How do you build that in? Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that we've tried to push against, Donya and I have, there is in our culture and as our kids have grown, this temptation to get too busy. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, it's good stuff. We want our kids to be active in sports. We want them to not just be in band at school, but have those private lessons. And we, wanna, uh, we want them to be well-rounded so they can uh, have a good shot at getting into a good school for college and be successful. And so we, I've just tried to, over the years, remind myself, what is a picture of success? When we have launched our kids out, what is it? And the world will tell me one story, and it's compelling. But I also want to add... I, I, more than the story the world tells me about what it means to raise successful kids, I want my children to know the Lord. And I can't make them, but uh, if, if I don't create space for that and showing them, uh, modeling that at home, then I don't know how else they will know that mm-hmm. because it won't be from church one hour a week, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, how, have, how have we done that in our home? I think time matters. Uh, we, we really have pushed against trying to be too busy, although there are seasons when we're just busier than others. And like the spring semester is a good example. I'm coaching Little League for my middle son. Like, yeah, we have signed up for stuff that's going to keep us busy multiple nights of the week, but we don't do that year round. We take intentional chunks of time and we say, no, we're just off. We're not going to do extra activities because we need time together as a family. Time matters. Time together matters. It's easy to get caught up in the divide and conquer and getting kids everywhere and, and doing all the activities. Yeah. And I think something you said there too, that's important just to pull out is like, it's not just shared time, like, like having the time to do it, but your hope is that you can lead and guide your kids to come to know the Lord, yeah. right? That that can be a personal thing for them. And so it's what you do with that time that you, 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 you share in that time, not just so you have shared experiences, although that's important, but so that you have opportunities to speak into their life and to share the good news of what God has done with them and how that impacts them and brings you all closer together as a family in a way that it 
it wouldn't be otherwise. Yeah. And so, it's yeah, awesome. you know, I feel like we in our in our family we've we're really good at some of the big picture stuff. Like we have a family goal to see all fifty states. I don't know that we're going to do it. Yeah. But we're trying, and so that means a lot of road trips, and yeah. so we get you know we're we're good at things like that. Uh, in those transitional seasons between like elementary and junior high, junior high and high school, I've got a plan to uh, invest in each of my children in each of those seasons. But one of the things we've realized, it's kind of, um, we've become aware of it because of this uh, pending high school thing yeah. coming, right? Like right in front of us, the clock's ticking. Like we need to be better at the day-to-day. Mm. We need to be better at some of our intentionality in the day-to-day. And so uh, that that looks like, uh, man, we have to eat dinner together as often as we can. Yeah. We have to just, no matter what, we do everything we can to have dinner. It doesn't work out every night, but yeah. sit together and just have a conversation. Spend that time together as a family. We keep a deck of uh, cards on the kitchen table that are conversation cards. And so even last night, we were sitting there having a quick dinner. I opened it up, I pulled one out, and it just gets the conversation going. Mm. Helps your kids get to express some of who they are and you get to learn ab- about them and, and even shape some of their answers, but they get to hear from you. Oh, that's awesome. So, Dude, mealtime, what a practical yeah. thing. It's like, yeah. we all got to eat, but we, right. it's challenging because yeah. busyness is a thing, like right. you said. And that's not one of those things, I mean, you know, you can get rule-driven and legalistic, but that's just one of the things my family's yeah. chosen to do to say, we're going to make this a priority. Yeah. Well, how about this? As, as kids get older things can become challenging. You know, maybe when they're younger, it's easier to like kind of build some of these values in. But I can think in the hat that I wear in student ministry that there's parents who are like, I really want to do all that stuff that you yep. guys just said. I think it's important. I think it matters, but there's going to be resistance. Yep. Like my kid has got his own ideas. He likes doing X, Y, or Z, or she likes doing X, Y, or Z. And there's going to be resistance to this. How, how, how do you walk in the midst of that and having this become a new normal for a family? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, it's never too late. That's the first thing I would say. It's never too late to start following Jesus with your kids. It's never too late to influence them. I mean, I, I even think I'm 42. My dad, the way my dad is following Jesus today impacts me. Mm. And, you know, we see each other regularly. He's around the corner. But like, even as an adult, I'm influenced by what my parents do today. And so if you're listening to this and you're worried that it's too late, it's not. It's never too Mm. late to influence your kids Mm. in these ways. Um, And then second, I would say, uh, you also never stop being the parent. Mm. So if you've got older kids that are resistant to, no, we're going to make time. We're going to turn off the video games. We're going to put the (laughs) phone down. We're going to say no to this activity because we're going to make dinner a priority or going to church together a priority. While they're still in your home, you are the parent. Hmm. And uh, I would say kind of two things to that. If you need to flex that, do it. Yeah, It's for their good. It's for your child's good. But also if you're the parent of young kids, establish that now. Yeah, Like, you know, you, you have an opportunity to shape the way that will go in the future. So establish now, like, yeah, we're, we're going to do these things as a family. Yeah, that's challenging. It's challenging, but it's good. And it might, you know, when you, it's not a means to like um, flex on your kids in a way that's like, I'm this power no, move. No, yeah, I didn't, didn't yeah. mean to come across that no, way. No, and I don't think you did, but it's just, that's a challenging thing. And so I think that's why it's important community with yeah. community for parents that you're not walking alone in the midst of this stuff because your kids do, they get strong-willed. They have their own ideas and thoughts about, all of those types of things. I, I, I just, I, I hear that a lot in student ministry, just parents who are hurting yep. in that time period of just like, 
man, how do you do this? My kid won't come. My kid, my won't kid doesn't want to come. My yeah. kid doesn't want to listen or do these things. Like, yeah. I get it. I'm not trying to pretend that it's easy to say, we're going to do this yeah. and make them do it. But uh, there has to be some of that. You're, yeah. You still have to be the parent because you know it's for their good. Yeah. And it might be hard for a season, but the hope is that it lends itself to being a really beautiful thing for your family long term. Yeah. And especially if, if we're t- specifically talking about teenagers, our student ministries have some of the greatest volunteers across Clear Creek Community mm-hmm. Church that do a really good job of including kids, reaching out to them, making them feel known more than just like, hey, I'm glad you're here, but uh, they, they want to be involved in your teenager's live, mm-hmm. uh, life uh, and in big ways. Lance, this is a super good conversation. I'm thankful for you and your willingness to come and just be really the first guest on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, not a not a better person to interview than oh, the family ministry di- family ministry director. It's yeah, the way to well, go. Just so. uh, hear this. I, I've not done this perfectly. I <laughs> like you, Kyle, and trying to always learn how do I how do I do this well? How do I follow Jesus well? Uh, not just not just for my sake, but yeah. but for my family's sake. I feel like I've learned a lot. So hopefully this was an engaging conversation for those who are listening. And uh, yeah, Lance, thanks for being on the podcast with us. Thanks.